This is Clarissa Romano for the Los Angeles Review of Books podcast. My guest today is Julian Tepper, whose novel, Balls, was recently published by Barnacle. This is Jewish Deli on the Upper West Side, and um, Philip Roth is a regular. He probably comes in twice a year, and he came in yesterday, and I gave him a copy of Balls. He, he looks at the title and he goes, he goes, great title. I'm surprised I didn't come up with it myself. And then he proceeded to congratulate me and say that I, I should save myself, cut my losses, and stop writing now because there was no more torturous thing a person could do to himself than be a writer for his whole life. No! I, well, I told him it was too late. I was in <laughs> an addict. it going? So we're here to talk about Balls, in which our hero, a 30-year-old frustrated songwriter named Henry Schiller, is diagnosed with testicular cancer. And, and even before the diagnosis, Henry is, is sort of gearing up for a crisis. His career has stagnated. He had a hit once, but, um, but it's, it's not really flowing now. And he's also very anxious about his relationship with his girlfriend, uh, Paula. Can you tell us a bit about Paula? Well, Paula is a a very ambitious and talented violinist, and she is about to graduate from the Juilliard School, and there's a lot of, for for Henry, there's a lot of uh, just fear of of her uh, ascending and, and leaving him. You know, I found that kind of interesting. In some ways, even before or without the cancer, which we learn about, you know, early on in the first few pages of the book, Henry has a lot of stuff kind of going on. There's enough fodder in some ways for you to have written about him without the cancer. And and I wondered, you know, as far as your conception of the book, which which came first, Henry or or the cancer? Uh, the cancer did. You know, you raise an interesting point. If I were to have written this book again, I would have done it without the cancer. But um, when I came to to this idea of a man losing his testicle, it generated a lot of uh, a lot of fire. Uh, you know, a, a novel sustaining fire, which is necessary if you're going to get from the first to the last page. Just having uh, having the energy there in every sentence and every word. Well, I think it's a really smart decision as far as this book is concerned because I feel like this story and the urgency of it really um, really keeps the story on track, which... Yeah. Um, well, I think that's really, you know, that is that is the freeing uh, aspect of having this crisis. One thing I didn't have to worry about in, in writing it was the tension going out of the book, sort yeah. of dera- derailing the... the exactly what you're talking about just that from you know all the way to the end so that was freeing and in a lot of ways because most of the action of the book takes place in the week following the diagnosis Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the the tension surrounds not you know what's going to happen with the cancer so much as will 
Henry, or won't he tell Paula, his girlfriend, about his illness? And that was in the in the process of writing this book. That was that was likewise a very freeing uh, discovery when you know in earlier drafts, right in the first page, it sort of uh, it's happened that she, you know, they learn together, um, and all of a sudden when I you know determined that he would not tell anyone about this. Um, that too added a an exciting tension to to the story and all into the character, and it also it allowed me to get into this sort of this secrecy that I I do associate with manhood. I mean the the frailties. Well, it makes for a very you know it makes the in, the relationship between Paula and and Henry so interesting too because it prevents us from really having a strong sense of. Of Paula as a as a person, like is she good to Henry? Is she not? You know, without him revealing to her what he's going through, it kind of casts all this suspicion on her that I think makes makes her a more interesting character and Henry more interesting. You know, makes the situation that much more compelling. I I agree. It's, it's much more easy to sort of forgive her her character, mm -hmm. the the decisions that she makes uh, throughout the book because she has not been. Uh, She's not been told that he's that he's just learned that he has testicular cancer. So she, who she's encountering in Henry from a moment-to-moment -moment basis is someone who is really seems psychologically not well. Musician, and you've had a, a former musician. Okay. Although once a musician, always a musician. But I, I don't play professionally anymore, which which I used to. But I don't want to take take away from those who do wake up every day and tend to their musical life. But yes, yeah, go go okay, on. A former musician, a bass player for the Natural History. But there are songs in yes. in balls yeah. <laughs> that. Uh, that Henry writes. And, you know, you don't often stumble upon that in reading fiction. You know, you really give yourself space to, to you know, fill pages with song lyrics. And I was curious about um, that decision. Yeah. Well, just in my own life, I think I, you know, have definitely walked around inventing songs as I, as I, as I move about it and, and, you know, not in such a, um, I mean, in this case, Henry's neuroses are manifesting themselves on the page in the form of writing. I mean, this is sort of his interior is, is being represented through these songs. And also you have this this idea that he's trying to write a, a, a song, a great song at this at this moment. So yeah. um, this is him struggling to to make this happen. And do the songs... Um exist? I mean, there's, is there music that occurs? There's, there's discussion of actually making a record, and there's enough material there, and even some talk of the publisher putting out an EP, but we'll see. Well, it's funny, because when I was reading the book, I, I had this fantasy that it, that it was a musical. I just, I kept seeing, yeah. you know, because <laughs> it has, in many ways, you know, the the plot line, at least of the first, you know, three quarters of the book, is very straight trajectory, just following Henry 
mm-hmm. throughout these days. And, and a lot of the movement of the, of the book um, comes in these little bursts of anecdote or um, character study. And <laughs> I really I saw it playing out, you know, on the, on the stage. I would be, you know, absolutely thrilled if Balls the Musical came to even a, a small theater in the um, in Western Texas, in the middle of nowhere. No, I mean uh, it's it's uh, sure. Yeah. Let let balls exist in, in many media. <laughs> Why not? Is, uh, it's a very, it's very important to me. I was raised here, but I also, you know, I set all of my fiction in New York. I've never, I've never really tried to write a story not taking place in the city, and this was just a way also for me to um, to explore the ideas of, of you know, of the changing city that uh, you know Henry's been struggling trying to write this great song about New York and anyone who's watched this city change in the last 20 years there's a there's a lot of uh you know it's the nature of a city but there's a lot of uh there've been difficult things to accept so Henry gets into these things and I I get it out of, off my chest <laughs> <laughs> well for, for instance you know I mean there's uh you guys out in LA I you suffer in, in your own ways, these kinds, but I think they're less glaring, but you know, these, these chain pharmacies that they, and uh, these T-Mobile and AT, uh, AT&T stores, they, in banks, I mean, it's like they've taken over the real estate. There's little else. It's very sad. Mm-hmm. It's hard to watch. Henry, you know, Henry likes to sing about these kinds of things. <laughs> talk about um, you recently founded the Oracle Club in New York yes. with your, yeah. your girlfriend, the artist Jenna Gribben. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about, about that? Absolutely. Um, the Oracle Club is, for the most part, it's a workspace for artists and writers. It's, there's a beautiful library, an art studio, and a space in between, a sort of salon space where people can sit and read and spend time with each other and talk and we live above the space uh it's been kind of amazing we just made our home bigger (laughs) we uh, we made our home 2500 square feet uh larger which was uh just sort of by chance uh the space became available downstairs from where we live and we were just having breakfast one morning and we're talking about what would come into the space and uh, we thought well maybe we should do something and a few conversations later we made this place uh we came up with the idea for this place and then we just made it and it's going well it's going well there's about 40 members right now there are people sitting in the library right now working and there's people in the art studio making their work and we do readings and there's lectures and classical music performances and people read their plays there and you know we brought the party home. Mm-hmm.